Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. My name is Mark, and I've got Gail here again today. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Yeah, can't complain. So today we're talking about Fred. Who's Fred, Gil? We're not just talking about Fred, actually. We're talking about how to handle Google updates in general. But there has been that brand new update from Google that uh, Google has not commented on, but essentially people call it like Google Fred or whatever. Any and idea where this name came from? Because they used to call I it after... Animals, I mean, it's not it? a Google name, right? Google never even confirmed there was an update. And, right. and we'll talk a little bit about that. But like, actually, it comes from Bausch Farts, I think, from... Uh, Search Engine Land, who is like a, a big commentator of, you know, updates, etc., who kind of made a joke that we should call the next update Fred or something. And that's how it started, basically. So it's kind of like the fan sites giving names to the updates now, because Google won't comment on them at all. And let's start with that, actually. Like the reason why Google doesn't comment on updates is, well, they don't want people to game the algorithm in the first place, right? So when they make heavy changes, the last thing they want is, to tell the people that want to game the algorithm to, like, here, oh, we made a bunch of changes. <laughs> yeah, so like they're not saying here are the specific things which are causing your otherwise bad sites to to be penalized. So if you just, just fix those things, update. yeah, yeah. But if you they just fix anything. those things, then it's gonna be okay, kind of, even though yeah. the site's bad overall. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people are gonna ask us following that, you know, how we're we doing, how our sites doing, etc. So I checked our analytics and. Everything's fine. I mean, health emissions down like 5%, like two weeks on two weeks or something. Like the update was on March 8th. So uh, I checked from there, which is normal with the weather getting better. People are less online and we're after the weight loss January craze. So it's completely fine. Year on year, we're up like 35%. So it's definitely fine. 30 hacker is basically stable. It's like plus minus 1% variation the test case that you cite is actually growing a lot <laughs> it's like two weeks on two weeks is growing 15 percent. so it's definitely getting a lot more traffic that site i don't think uh, that has anything to do with the algorithm update no. it's just like a post sandbox kind of period yeah but like it shows that because and we're going to talk about that what causes it etc and a lot of people care about that for that but the reports say that some people lost up to 90 percent of their traffic so it's pretty serious for some people that have been hit and then the question that everyone is asking is, you know, what does it do? Deranks you, but w- what causes it, right? And that's when the fun really starts. And that's something that happens with pretty much every Google update. And, you know, Google will not comment on that. They did comment for like Panda and Penguin a long time ago. So when they refresh, we kind of have an idea what's happening. But for the new stuff, we don't know, right? And what happens is SEOs and commentators you know, start to look around and try to find patterns between websites that have been hit, right? So things that you might hear when you read around the internet say, you know, oh, sites that have a lot of advertising seem to be hit a lot, or sites that monetize with affiliate marketing or lead generation. And I've been going on like, you know, search engine land, I've been going on Reddit, I've been going on all these places. And, you know, people are just trying to like share URLs that have been hit and trying to figure it out, etc. But yeah, really, I, I even yeah. fell in victim to this trap as well. It's like someone in the Authority Hacker Pro Facebook group asked like what it was, and I shared a link from someone else who yeah. was probably just speculating just as much as anyone else. Well, yeah, that's the fun part, right? I mean, first of all, you've got to consider where Google as a company is going in terms of how they do things, right? So if you look at how Google did things like 
five, six years ago, it was still like regular programming and if this and that kind of logic, etc. So the algorithm updates were a lot easier to read, right? You'd say, okay, it seems like a lot of people with bad link profiles have been hit, etc., etc. And that's kind of the habit, especially veteran SEOs have been getting into. However, Google as a company, where do they put all their money right now? Well, they put all their money in artificial intelligence, right? That is, you know, where you have the Google Assistant, you know, and they're putting money in VR and they're putting money in mobile and all these things are made to be a, a lot more sophisticated than a lot of things that have happened before. And so Google updates, given the fact that Google makes, you know, around 85% of their money, which is 36 billion a year, by the way, from search ads, there is absolutely no way they're not using AI in their search algorithm even more than in anything else they do, actually. What that means is AI working on these updates, it's not as simple as saying, hey, it seems like links have been hit, or it seems like on-page SEO has been hit, or content quality has been hit, etc. And so the commentators seem to still make these very big statements that did work, but I don't think work anymore. And that's why the more the updates come out, the more it's blurry, and also the more refined they are, right? So, you know, what we do is the first ping is like 10% of results were affected, which is crazy. Now it's usually sub 1%, right? So it's, it's a lot more refined. It's a lot more subtle. And I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of updates we don't even see passing by. It's just people just drop off and they, because they've been doing other bad things, they assume these are the things that happen. But anyway, all that to say that it seems like SEO commentators uh, make a lot of blanket statements to characterize most updates coming out these days, such as, oh, this update targets low quality site, or this update targets thin content. What is thin content? Like, how do you know? At what point is content not thin anymore? <laughs> or like, this targets link schemes. Okay, link schemes. Is a guest posting a link scheme? You know, if you're doing it for, for links, it, it could qualify as a link scheme. But is it or is it not? Like, And if that's the case, why are so many sites with guest post links not affected? And so there is all these big blanket statements kind of thrown by SEO commentators. And, you know, they are kind of pressured by the general public to do so in the sense that it's getting very complex, but people want a very simple 300 words article on search engine and telling them what the new Google update is about. And that's how they're going to get all their links and keep being relevant, you know? It's not really going to fly if they post a front page article on their site saying new Google update. We don't know what causes it. Yeah, exactly. They have to say something, There's no more information they can really add to it other than that. So they need to come up with something that's simple to explain to the public while you know, not completely shooting in the dark. So they just essentially use very blank statements of very low sample size examples. So they go on Reddit, they go on the forums, etc., And they figure out, oh, these 10 sites have been affected. Oh, all these sites have a lot of ads. So it must be ads, right? Well, guess what? Like people that do websites professionally tend to monetize with ads when it's their job. And the people that tend to hang out on these forums they tend to be the kind of people that maybe do websites full-time and small-level type entrepreneurs, they're very likely to use AdSense to monetize. So it's it's kind of like a confirmation bias. Like it's just kind of confirming, you know, what the general population of the forum uses rather than what this update actually did because the internet is so much wider than these webmaster forums where people share their URLs, right? 
So it's like all of that creates that big micmac of information going out. And then the funny part is when these big guru guys, I mean, like Pavish Fats is like, he actually has contacts at Google and stuff, and he's doing his best. He's just, he does with what he has, essentially. But then what happens is people take these things that they read from these sites, and they come up with their own theory that they put on their own blogs. And that's, I think, what you shared. And it's like an even more extrapolated version of that. Yeah, and it's so like they, they end up taking this article or this this original theory as a sort of like working base and then they expand on it or yeah. or edit it and it's like this big game of Chinese whispers and you get lots of people sort of spouting out complete rubbish, essentially. Which is like based on. Yeah, you know, they do. Their, they do their best, right? I think. I think people are honestly doing their best. It's just that they're kind of getting caught in this, in this kind of like a news cycle and and things that are just way beyond their understanding. Where they're seen as the experts, so they have to come up with like an explanation for what happened. That's what's happening. It's kind of like what happened with like oracles back in like the antiquity. You know, it's like there would be like a big thunderstorm that destroyed everything. It's like, oh, I know the gods told me that would happen, and they just had to come up with an idea of why that happened. You know. <laughs> And, and essentially, that's exactly the same thing happening here. And SEOs are like these kind of oracles, you know, using the very little amount of evidence they have. The same way oracles had no science to explain what happens in nature, you know. Yeah. And, you know, actually, people were asking me, like, what I think about the update, etc. And I shared that video on, on Facebook about of Darren Brown, uh, which I like a lot. Where it's like an episode of it's called Trick or Trick, Trick or Treat or something like that. I don't know, I can't remember. Anyway, we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, and essentially what happens in that video is he takes a bunch of participants from his ex shows and he puts them in a room. Then there's a glass door in that room, and behind that glass door there's like ten thousand pounds for everyone if they manage to open the room, right? And then there's a big counter above the door, and it says if you manage to hit a hundred points, the door will open. And inside the room, there's a bunch of weird items and like, you know, there's spots of colors on the floor with like kind of like balloons matching the colors and stuff like that. So people start going around the room and doing things, right, to try to to change the counter. They're like, oh, we need to do something to open the door to increase the points, which totally makes sense. They start doing things and they start seeing points com coming in, etc. And as the points come in, they're like, oh, I just did that. I, sh I should do that more so I get more points, etc." Trying to figure out the system, essentially. The same way SEOs try to reverse engineer an algorithm update. However, what Darren Brown did is he actually has an aquarium in a room next to them. And they have a guy that presses a button that adds a point every time the, the goldfish in the aquarium crosses a line. So that it's super random, right? And what you see is that people start building beliefs and building patterns of behavior, expecting rewards that have zero proof and zero ground for being correct. And, and you see these people going crazy and actually not getting it at the end because the goldfish didn't cross a hundred times, the line a hundred times, you know? That's how you build superstition, essentially. That's what he explains. And that's exactly what's happening to the SEO world right now. So I think people should definitely go on the show notes. What's, you know what the URL is going to be for the podcast? We can call it authorityhacker.com forward slash Fred. Okay, fine. So go check out the, update, uh, the video. It's going to be on there. It's going to be highly instructive and it's going to give you a very different vision of what's happening right now. But the truth is we use ads, we use advertising, we use affiliate. We haven't been hit. And I know like most people in the age group haven't been hit, right? And they all do that. So that kind of like debunks everything that these authorities say. Yeah, you, you also tend to find in these situations when when new update comes out, if there are people who are are hit, they tend to be the sort of vocal minority. 
I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm obviously I'm not talking about anyone in specific here, but I've definitely seen examples of people who said, you know, oh, I did everything right, I did nothing wrong, and then like further down the comments that you find out they were like buying a bunch of like <laughs> gray hat links a couple months ago or something like that. Not in this update, but in another one, I I, I saw that particularly. So you have to be a little bit careful as well about what information people say because I I find there's this tendency to sort of not quite sure how how to phrase this, but sort of like frame yourself in your own sight and what you've done in a better than what you actually did kind of way. Yeah, I mean, I think a good example of that is when they do surveys on STDs, right? Mm-hmm. And then literally nobody, like people are like a couple for like 10 years or something. They catch an STD and they will swear on the survey. They, <laughs> they, you know? And you're like, well, that's just not possible, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the, it's the same thing that happens here. It's just like people really, when they get surveyed and pulled publicly, they, they just don't answer the truth, right? Yeah. So anyway, our take on that update, and we're going to jump onto what to do if you've been hit by this update or any other update just after that. But our take is, the truth is, we don't know what's happening right now. It's, and as I said, it's probably a lot more complicated than we can ever make it to be without having more large-scale data or you know, even Google come out. And there's a good chance we'll never know what exactly triggers that update. However, one thing that we know is what Google wants, right? And what Google wants is... They care about the user experience. They want people to come back on Google, so they do more searches, so they make money with ads. As I said, around 80 to 85% of their revenue is search advertising, not AdSense, not search advertising. People searching, clicking on ads, and that's you know 80 to 85% of a 36 billion buy per year. So trust me, they care about that. And so they care about the user experience. They care about mobile. They care about pages loading fast, all that stuff. So what you need to do is not wait for updates to work on that part of your site and try to increase that. Anyway, when you provide a good experience, you tend to make more money as well, even though sometimes it also means decreasing monetization. So you may lose a little bit of money initially, but then you need to re-optimize essentially, et cetera. But one thing I want to say as well is I believe monetizing is completely fine, especially with affiliate, provided you match the intent of people. I think Google will not hate on you if people are searching for like the best running shoes and you link to running shoes on Amazon or wherever you want to link. I think definitely not going to be seen as bad experience and it's very, very unlikely to be hit by an algorithm update. What you want to not do is, you know, kind of like throw irrelevant offers and stuff in the face of your visitors because that reduces the user experience and we know Google doesn't like that and eventually there will be an update that will hit that. So that is the rule of thumb but we should jump back now onto what to do if you're hit by an Argo update. Do you want to do that part or should I do it? I think the first thing to do is like to say is like don't panic and there's, there's two reasons for that. One is they tend to updates tend to to happen have an effect and then actually change again many times over the the next weeks or months so just because you feel like you've been particularly hit bearing in mind that it may not you be you that's been hit maybe other people who have done better than you so therefore now outrank you but either way i think not panicking is the first thing and also like not just taking other people's word for what they think the cause of the problem is and then doing a bunch of different stuff to your site like out of haste I've seen a lot of people say, oh, I removed a bunch of content, I changed this design, I changed these links, I did this, I did this, I did this. I hope it works. But it's kind of that you put yourself in the situation where you're never really going to know what works in that case. 
because you're you know it could be some combination of everything more than likely than not if you do manage to turn things around it's gonna be one thing and you're not going to know what that is so you're gonna in many cases have like gimped your site possibly your revenue as well unnecessarily i know it can be tempting that like when you when you see a big sort of traffic loss it's to to kind of like go into repair mode or panic mode and change everything in the hope that something works Um, but it's probably going to hurt you more in the long run if you do that yeah i mean usually when you try to fix your site for for these kind of google updates uh, you end up like uh, scaling back monetization you know like a lot of people remove affiliate links a lot of people remove ads etc as we said google is probably going to be fine-tuning the update in the next few weeks anyway you know even if you recover you're like okay did i recover because google fine-tuned the algorithm or did i recover because i removed all that stuff right and then you're so afraid to put it back, you're saying no to a bunch of money, essentially. Mm-hmm. So my take is actually take a break when, when these things happen. Like take a two-week break, two weeks, <laughs> two weeks break, and work on something else. It can either be uh, starting a new site to expand your portfolio, or that can be working on another project in your business, right? That can be creating a new product, working on the sales funnel, working on your email marketing, working on new traffic sources like Pinterest, Facebook, etc. Uh, working on building a team, all these things. Take a break, let let things cool down and, and see if your traffic is still tanked after two weeks, I would say. And then the second one I like, and it's kind of a lazy approach to be honest, but it's probably the most efficient, is to let the community experiment and uh, see the first cases of recovery happen, right? So until people recovered from Penguin, we didn't know how to get rid of it, right? It's just people had to you know, go and email to remove links because Dizavo didn't exist back then, for example. And then when this happened, like a lot of people could recover. Like you just need for the fir- to wait for the first recovery. And usually what happens is it's agencies that have clients pressuring them to recover their previous site that will figure that out. And the agency... Because they want some advertising and they want to be seen as a great agency, what they'll do is they'll go on Moz or they'll go on Search Engine Journal or whatever, or Search Engine Land, and write a great guest post on the case study of the recovery of that site. And that means that they're basically going to give you everything you need to recover most of the time, and you can go and emulate what they've done and go and recover your site. So that, in my opinion, and, and the thing is like agencies have access to a lot of sites, they also are more likely to get affected by updates because they have access to a lot of sites. So the percentage of sites that would be affected when you have like 100 sites, you're always likely to have one or two sites affected by an yeah, update. So Plus with agencies, you you tend to have a lot of different kind of sites and people who have done various yeah. good and sometimes very, very bad things in the past. So you have more of a broad section of, of, uh, of, of case studies, I guess, to experiment with. Yeah, plus they have the the incentive to advertise their success, right? Because that gets them more clients, which is great for us, authority site owners, because then we can just let them do all the hard work and figure it out because that's they want to keep their clients and they want to have the great advertising and essentially focus on things that would probably be more productive for the business, such as I say, new products, sales funnels, email, new traffic sources, team building, hiring, etc. And that can be also just starting a new site to expand your portfolio. That's definitely, if you've been thinking about it for a while, it's definitely the right time to do that when your site gets hit. I'm not saying that it's a backup plan, but it could become eventually, but it's mostly as a way to kind of let time pass and be productive at the same time. And then once you have kind of like the blueprint to recover that has been published for free by agencies out there, then I would recommend you go incremental. So like you change one thing, you wait, you know, 10 days, you change another thing, you wait 10 days, etc. Another thing to know as well is that a lot of Google updates, when they originally are released, 
are not real time, which means that you need to wait for Google to press the refresh button, like it was the case for Panda and Penguin for a long time, for the changes to affect your website. So even if you've done everything to fix your website, until Google presses the button, your rankings will not recover, which means you may be in that kind of like customer website area for a while. It could take a while for them to re- to refresh, etc. So it's another reason to go incremental and you know wait some time between each changes. If that happened, you know, it's also the, the time to probably question yourself on where should your focus be? Are your sites user-friendly enough, etc.? Because the truth is, if you haven't been hit this time, next time there will be an update that comes out and hits you. So, for example, for us, we used to have a lot of content, of ads in content on our health mission, for example. We have a lot less now just because we could feel that it was not great user experience. We have some, but not as many. It was not great user experience, and we could feel one day there would be an update that would probably hear. It means we lost a little bit of money on advertising, but it means we can also sleep at night not worrying too much about algorithm updates on ad-heavy sites, and maybe that helped us escape that uh, that update. Maybe the ad-heavy theory is the good one, although I'm probably not sure. But yeah, so that's basically the three steps. One, take a break, work on something else. Two, let the community experiment, probably subscribe to like Moz and all these sites because that's where the recovery case studies will come out. Three, once the case studies have come out, take incremental steps to fix your site. Wait probably like maybe two weeks between each kind of like level of probably usually demonetizing work and then see what happens to your traffic and be ready for it to last for a while if Google doesn't press the button for a while. So, yeah, that's basically it for that podcast. We are pretty short today, <laughs> which I am impressed. And, and that kind of makes me sad because, you know, we asked last week if people wanted, like, preferred long, long podcasts or, like, short ones. Pretty much everyone said long ones. <laughs> well, we're only 24 minutes today, guys. But the good news is we'll talk to you next week. Do we have a question by your reader, by the way? Yep. Uh... All right. So let's do that now first. Okay, so this is actually somewhat, I guess, related to what you just said about maybe one of the ideas being start another site. Mm-hmm. This guy, Mike, uh, doesn't give his surname, but he says, love the podcast, love listening to it on long drives. I guess that's another thing for uh, another vote for the long long podcast version. But he says, what are your thoughts on making many niche sites versus one authority site? For example, imagine you had a budget for 500 articles. Would you produce 500 articles on say pets or travel like in one niche or split it up into 10 sites of 50 articles what would you do probably do i wouldn't do 501 site initially i'd probably do five times 100 but i'm in a very different position to most people because we have like people working for us and like teams and processes and stuff in place to handle all this so if you already have a site and you already know what you're doing, by all means, like go for it, I would say. Go for it, sp- split it up. I'd probably say like 100 per site is like the amount to, I don't know, seed the site if you if you want to call it that. Yeah, that's our theory, right? Yeah, we'll probably be right. But this is very, very different. If you've never done a site before or you've never built a profitable site that's making like at least four figures a month, then you need to just focus on one site and get that profitable before you do this. Because if you try learning this when you don't know what you're doing and try to do it 10 times over, you you know, every mistake you make, you're going to have to spend so much time trying to fix that. So yeah, what do you think? I think there's no point duplicating something that hasn't been proven. So I'd say save your money and make one site with 100 articles. 
that's yeah. enough to prove that you can make it and that your approach is right. And when that site is successful, then take the rest of the money out and build more sites or expand that site, right? If you like, if you follow the authority site system model, for example, by the end of it, you should have around 100 linking root domains. That's a good opportunity to add more content to your site. And usually at that point, you're making like low four figures a month, maybe after a few months. And hopefully, you know, there's opportunities for more keywords. So probably like I do like one site to 100 pages. Then once I've proven I can make it work, then I'd probably expand the content, maybe like 300 pages, maybe. And then I'd probably start two more sites at 100 pages. Yeah. And that's why I would stop with that budget, you know. I, I think so it's, it's you have like worth... a cash cow and you have like potential for growing a portfolio at the same time. Yeah, I think it's worth saying as well that, you know, in relation to the updates, uh, Google updates thing, you're not really diversifying your risk that much by having 10 sites versus one because, you know, you're going to, chances are you're going to be using the same sort of layouts, designs, techniques, strategies, link building efforts and whatnot for all of your sites. I mean, you just have to do that in order to scale and to make it work, really, because you, you want to do what's working for you. So if you do that, then, you know, your chances are you can, can still potentially get hit by, you know, all of your sites at once. As we experienced uh, back in the day when we had a digital marketing agency and we had something like 80-odd clients in one day get hit. Uh, Not 80, but a lot of 80, them. 80% yeah. of them. 80% of 80, I think it was. Something like that. 64. Yeah. It's one thing that you will probably be using the same tactics and, and Google is known for actually, go, like if they really don't like what you're doing, they're known for penalizing all the sites that belong to webmaster. Even if you put them on different Google accounts, etc., they're able to figure out who's the person behind and like penalize all the sites that belong to that person. Obviously, that's not going to happen to an algorithm. It's not what an algorithmic update does. But if you were to ever be penalized by a manual penalty, that's how they do it, actually. So one more reason to be safe. So and the, the yeah, other that's... the other thing uh, as well is since we're on the topic of starting new sites, a shameless plug here, but the Authority Site System, our course, which teaches you exactly how to do this, is now available. And you can get it uh, on our site if you go to authorityhacker.com forward slash system. Did you pick that question for that? I absolutely didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Well, I think we're done with today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you've been hit by that penalty, good luck. These things happen, and I'm pretty sure it will happen to us again someday. Yeah, if you, um, if you have been hit by the penalty, post in the comments, authorityhacker.com forward slash Fred. Uh, post a comment there and uh, tell us a little bit about your site. Like, what um, have you done anything bad? Be honest. <laughs> Confess yourself, and you'll be half forgiven. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.